0: There was an idea. The Avengers initiative. i mean, this all day. I'm a superhero. I've come to bargain. I love you
1: him.
0: That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. You should have gone for the head. And I...
1: Wakanda forever! Sam, why is Gamora?
2: Iron Man. We are...
1: Welcome to a special edition of Marvel Standom. I'm your host, Kirsten Howard. Back in July, Den of Geek attended San Diego Comic-Con, where we had the opportunity to interview a slew of talented writers from Marvel Comics. Today, we're sharing our interview with Zeb Wells, author of The Amazing Spider-Man. Zeb's run is just a delight, featuring new updates to Spidey's rogues gallery, and now a crossover event, The Amazing Spider-Man Gang War. I'm going to turn it over to the interview Mike did with Zeb in a moment, but first we have a brief message about the sponsor of this episode, eBay. eBay is the premier destination for collecting comics both old and new. Whether it's that highly sought after iconic comic or an obscure niche that speaks directly to you, odds are you'll certainly find it on eBay. Here's a list of comics that are must-haves for any fan of Spider-Man or Zeb Wells' world. Amazing Spider-Man 26 The Zeb Wells run of Amazing Spider-Man has been controversial to say the least, marked by surprising character developments and big changes to the status quo. But Amazing Spider-Man 26 was the one Marvel touted as the most shocking Spider-Man story in 50 years, making a knowing wink to the death of Gwen Stacy in 1973. Fans can debate that claim, especially after seeing who dies in the issue. But even if the main death doesn't meet expectations, there's no denying that Wells created a memorable issue, one sure to be the defining story of the writer's run. Hellions 1 The establishment of the mutant nation Krakoa has completely reinvented the X-Men and posed new challenges for the long-running franchise, but few series have embraced the new normal like Hellions, written by Zeb Wells, drawn by Steven Segovia and coloured by David Curiel. After Professor X and Magneto offer full immunity to all mutants coming to Krakoa, some of the most infamous villains from the Chris Claremont era decide to take them up on their offer. Under the guidance of Mr. Sinister, Hellions teams Havoc and Psylocke with original Hellion Empath, Orphan Maker and Nanny, Marauder Scalp Hunter, and Alpha Flight baddie Wildchild, making for one of the most exciting X series of the past decade. Amazing Spider-Man 289. The gang war storyline pits several baddies against one another including hobgoblin while it is true that hobgoblin copied his gimmick from norman osborne there's much more to the character than that putting him amongst the more interesting antagonists in spidey's impressive rogues gallery written by the great peter david penciled by alan Kupperberg and tom morgan inked by jim fern colored by george russo's and lettered by rick parker Amazing Spider-Man 289 pays off a long-running mystery about Hobgoblin's identity. The answer will shock fans of the MCU Spider-Man movies and establishes Hobgoblin as a villain who could be anyone under his grinning mask. Shang-Chi, Master of the Ten Rings One. Shang-Chi has been around for nearly 50 years, first introduced by Jim Stalin and Steve Englehart in 1975's Special Marvel Edition 15. But the Master of Kung Fu has been getting an extra push over the last few years, thanks in part to the MCU Phase 4 standout film Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Part of that renewed attention will be a major role in Gang War, where his allegiance to Spider-Man will be tested, while Shang-Chi, Master of the Ten Rings, finds Shang-Chi and his siblings trying to change their father's evil organization into a force for good. Amazing Spider-Man Annual 1 Gang War will hardly be the first time Spider-Man battles a legion of bad guys. Most famously, Spider-Man has battled the supervillain team up the Sinister Six, a combination of baddies that usually includes Doctor Octopus, the Sandman, Mysterio, Electro, Kraven the Hunter, and the Vulture. This unholy alliance first formed in the classic Amazing Spider-Man Annual 1 from 1964. The story shows Spider-Man at his best, overwhelmed by an onslaught of his greatest foes, but never giving up, balancing his duties as superhero and doting nephew to Aunt May. Although Spidey will go on to face greater odds later in his career, Amazing Spider-Man Annual 1 sets the mold. Head on over to ebay.com today to start or expand your collection. And now back to the show.
0: What is up, everyone? Welcome back. To the Denny Geek studio, and I have with me Mr. Zeb Wells.
2: Good to see you again.
0: Writer of The Amazing Spider-Man, ruiner of Peter Parker's life. Always. But actually, the, the one I feel most bad for right now, you're like... You're like the ruiner of poor Norman Osborne's life, dude. Like, what are you doing? I can't believe the words poor Norman Osborne just came out of my, out of my I mouth. I think that's
2: a big accomplishment for me, <laughs> that people are feeling sorry for Norman Osborne. That's huge.
0: Yeah, and like I felt like this, even at the start of your run, I was like, there's no way I'm going to still be feeling like, like sympathy for Norman Osborne like six, eight months from now. And yet here we are. The latest issue was that number twenty-eight, twenty-nine, yes, maybe twenty-nine, where it's like it finally feels like it's all about to go wrong for Norman in that last page. Yeah, he's uh, he's having a hard
2: time, and and I think that was the challenge. Can we get it to a place where? Not only is it surprising if he does go back, but people are bummed that yeah, he does. Yeah, I'm bummed. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm bummed. What you know, what I'm not bummed about though. Well, what I'll, I figure I'll probably eventually be bummed about. Can we, can we make some kind of deal where Ed McGinnis just draws Spider-Man forever? Like he has
2: been doing such fantastic work, and it, it's so much fun to have Johnny on one end that does such great, you know, like classic classic spider-man artist who does very good street level just naturally i tell brutal stories with johnny because that feels like what his art likes to tell but then you have ed who is so poppy and fun and we have Recrap, rap who's a big dumb spider-man with a big dumb grin and it makes ed so much so happy to draw him and and ed is having a great time and i want ed to continue having a great time so he continues drawing the book
0: was that one rec wrap uh, cameo in twenty six or twenty seven? Was that was that just Ed's idea? Did you just get a page back with a big like three quarter panel of of rec wrap and you're like, fine, I'll put an editor's note here? No,
2: no. What we <laughs> got was an email after I sent him the script where he was like, what, no rec wrap? Like, can I can I draw can I draw a little? And I was like, okay, okay. Next issue, I'll do I'll, I'll, do, I'll give you a page of rec wrap.
0: <laughs> um, but is you know you talk about working with John Romita, and I think the last time we spoke, I even kind of brought up how the first part of this Amazing Spider-Man run, I was like, man, this feels very much like a callback to like early to mid-80s Spidey comics in a way. And it was the choices of villains you were, you know, it's Tombstone, it's Hobgoblin. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of a cool throwback Spidey run. And like a week after that interview, that all went out the window. And now you've been telling, I guess, the story that you were really brought here to tell. Yeah, but you
2: saying that reminds me of what we're, what what is happening in the future, where I, I do think Johnny is so good at the street level 80s stuff. So we just announced um, a big crossover called Gang War that Johnny will be drawing and that I' we've started to seed and will ha- we'll kick off in issue 39. And we're gonna get back to the the hardcore street level stuff
0: that uh, that's that made Spider-Man so much fun in the 80s. Does the way that you write, for an artist like John Romita, is it different than the way that you're writing when you know it's Ed McGinnis drawing? A thousand percent. A
2: thousand percent. I would never write. I would never hand John John Ramita Jr. an Ed script and I would never hand really? Ed a John Romita script. Yeah, I love, I just consider it such a collaboration because when I'm writing, I have John Romita's artwork in my head as I'm writing and I'm writing it knowing that he's going to draw it and things that I want to see him draw. And then when Ed, Ed comes on, it is like, okay, well, we have to add this up. You know, we have to make this fun for Ed to draw. And Ed always has uh, fun ideas too. And you can't always get them all in, but I try to, I, I want my artists to be having a great time because I think that's when you get the best
0: artwork. Just to think about, you know, obviously you've gotten to play with Tombstone. You did, you did a really cool... Hobgoblin arc. Um, Obviously, Doc Ock is hanging around now. But in the midst of all of this, there have been all of these new characters and concepts like that have, you know, we have uh, Ben Riley's new identity and costume, and that costume is pretty sharp. Um, You know, we have Jackpot in the picture now. Uh, Hallows Eve seems to be catching on pretty well. Yeah, definitely. So, like, what, what can you, how can you, I don't know, how are you kind of balancing? the classic Spidey elements that you want in, in you know like you can't not, you can't be writing The Amazing Spider-Man and not expect certain villains to have appearances. But like, there are these really cool new characters that I think are, are going to have an impact on the road.
2: Yeah, and I think most of those have come out of collaborations with artists. So it's been really fun. Hallow's Eve, Ed was just chomping at the bit. When I, I think I came up with that power set and then he took it and completely ran with it. And I think you do have to balance it because part of me, as a Spider-Man fan, you're a Spider-Man fan, part of you just wants to play with the Spider-Man toys that you know and love. And so I think it's more kind of nudging yourself to create a character or new concept so that you're adding to the thing. You're not just uh, doing stuff that people have done before.
0: Full disclosure, I had fallen behind on the book, and so I was... I was catching I knew there up was a quickly. Catch. Yes. I knew when yes. I came here, there was a catch. So I had to catch up quickly. Um, I'm still a little fuzzy on the, like, the timeline element, you know, that, you know, when Peter left and came back, like I understand time passed differently for Mary Jane than it did for Peter, but like I'm just trying to figure out where we land now in relation to the rest of the Marvel universe.
2: Yeah, the the books coming out now are current. Gotcha. And so when we started the book, he had had that experience with Mary Jane probably like five to six months earlier. And then there had been, you know, sort of a suggested six months of him Just being depressed and not doing too much Spider-Maning. Everyone being upset with him and him not being in a mood to mend fences. And so at the end of twenty-six, we tried to show that those fences were starting to be mended. Everyone sort of understood what had happened. And now we uh, we have our feet under us and we're going forward with the rest of the Marvel Universe.
0: Got it. And so that's a full twenty-five issues of you know you kind of knew you know when you when you're. Issue one opened on that mystery, and it took us 25 issues to to really get you know the, the resolution yeah. of it. So that leads me to wonder just how much of your run you have mapped out in your head that you're not telling us about today.
2: Well, there's definitely a back half to it. Like I'm I'm just getting started. You know, there's there's still more ahead of us than than behind us on the run. And we, just by the nature of how many artists I need to feed, you you do, whether you like to or not, you are planned out ahead yeah. because I'm writing issue 40 and um, issue 29 just came out. So um, I'm very excited about the back half of my run because it's sort of unencumbered by the mystery and everything. We had We had our fun and we had a good time doing that, and now it's just how does everything we've set up play out? And that is always really fun because you have just a bunch of balls in the air and it's fun to, uh, to see how many of them you can land
0: and stick the landing on. Gang war was announced today. What else can you tell everybody about gang war? You touched on it a little bit, a few minutes ago, but what else can you tease out about gang war right now?
2: Well, it is a love letter to Johnny and a love letter to the Spider-Man stories he has done in the past. And his just he johnny is very new york um, you don't say yeah i don't know if you you've met him but <laughs> that is very obvious from the second you meet him he is a new yorker capital n capital y so it's it's his vibe it's me it's a love letter to that vibe um we have and it's and it's just he likes to do that street level brutality and so we're pushing us into that uh, on the cover that we just released, we have She Hulk with barbed wire wrapped around. Oh wow! Wrapped okay. her fist. So we're going for it. It's going to be a fantastic time. He, I. This is a good thing, but he's very angry with how many characters he's drawing right now. He keeps saying, "I'm going to make him go back and be, to be a, being a bartender." um but the pages that he is sending in the reason he's so angry is that he never skimps you know if there's a bunch of cool stuff written he draws all the cool stuff so the pages are incredible the story is fun and the story we, we will be in a completely different trajectory after this story and if you enjoyed the tombstone arc there is a lot of awesome tombstone
0: in this arc john is not somebody i would want to make angry no no so i hope
2: you appreciate the risks I'm taking yeah, for yeah. the book. Yeah, this is like, this is, you're, you're suffering yeah. for your art. You're the man just told me he, he his bench max is
0: 275. Oh, my God. Okay? <laughs> well, folks, this might be the last interview you yeah. see with Zeb
1: Wells, so I
0: hope you enjoyed it. Zeb, thank you so
2: much. Hey, thank honest. you. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks for watching and or listening to this special edition of Marvel Standom. We'll be back soon with more of our coverage, as well as some fun book clubs with me and Joe George. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Den of Geek US. Check out our Twitch and TikTok at Den of Geek TV and our Twitter slash Instagram at Den of Geek. We're also on threads. Don't forget to check out our web home of where you can find all our Marvel coverage and more. We also have a paranormal and horror pop culture show called Talking Strange, hosted by Aaron Sagers. Check that out if you're into the spooky and weird. Thanks once again to our sponsor, eBay, and thank you all for joining us today. Be good to each other and stay safe.
0: Thank you for listening to Marvel Standom, produced by Andrew Halley, Kirsten Howard, and Joe George. Hosted by Kirsten Howard. Editing and graphics by Andrew Halley. Social media coordinator, Lee Parham. Additional artwork by Chloe Lewis. Production assistant, Michael R. Music license from soundstripe.com. Marvel Standom is a production of the Den of Geek Network. For more information, visit denofgeek.com.